morning and welcome to worship on this second Sunday of Advent. Welcome to those of you joining us through our OSL podcast on our YouTube channel or via the radio. However you have found us this morning, we are glad to have you worshiping with us today. This morning, our radio broadcast is sponsored by Ken Breckner in memory of his wife, Jeanette. Thank you, Ken, for that radio sponsorship. You may have already noticed a couple of familiar faces standing behind me. We have a few members of our OSL worship band here with us this morning, helping to lead worship, and what a joy it is to hear that sound again this morning. I remind you that we have a bulletin available for this service. It's available for download on our website if you wanna follow along and sing with the band. In preparation for worship, I invite you this morning to light a candle and to gather bread and wine or juice as we will celebrate Holy Communion a little bit later in our worship service. We begin our worship this morning uh, by lighting our Advent wreath, and as we do so, we sing Light One Candle to Watch for Messiah, ELW number 240. We sing verse 2 this week. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, ruler of the universe. John the Baptist calls all people to prepare the Lord's way for the kingdom of heaven is near. Bless us as we light the candles on this wreath. Baptize us with the fire of your spirit, that we may be a light shining in the darkness, welcoming others as Christ has welcomed us, for he is our light and our salvation. Blessed be God forever. Amen. We sing together our gathering song, Hear the Angels.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We sing together our Kyrie, redeemed. Turn me back 
Let us pray. Stir up our hearts, Lord God, to prepare the way of your only Son. By his coming, strengthen us to serve you with purified lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We now join Denise Vick, our Director of Children and Family Ministry, for a children's message. Good morning, boys and girls. Today's children's message is coming to you from the World Story Bible. And the story is, Get Ready for Jesus. John the Baptist stood tall by the Jordan River. 
He waved his arms so people could see him, and he told the people an important message from God. Listen, everybody, he shouted. It's time to get ready. Get ready for what? The people asked. They were confused. Get ready for the Messiah, exclaimed John. Our King and Savior is coming. The Messiah? asked the people. They were still confused. They had so many questions. For many years, religious leaders and prophets said such a hero would come. Was the Messiah really coming? And how did John the Baptist know? Change your life, said John. Follow God's rules. Share your things. Love each other. When you make a mistake, ask for forgiveness. Wash away your sins. That's how you get ready. God's people were excited. They tried to get ready. They tried to follow God's rules. They shared more and loved more. They asked for forgiveness and they forgave others. People of all ages came to John to be baptized. John was quite the sight. His camel hair coat was itchy and scratchy and kids saw him eat bugs. He dipped them in wild honey and he crunched them up with his teeth. But most importantly, John baptized everyone by dunking them in the Jordan River. The Messiah is coming, John exclaimed over and over. Get ready. So how are you getting ready for the coming Messiah, which is Christmas? Well, if you came to the drive-through Advent event uh, on Sunday, the 29th, you received an envelope that had a shadow box in it. But if you didn't even receive one of those shadow box nativity sets, you may have a nativity scene in your house. And this is how I suggest you use that nativity scene to prepare yourself for the coming of Jesus. So take that nativity set and what would it look like today? What would it look like today in Bethlehem, in Jerusalem? What would it have looked like? Obviously Mary and Joseph wouldn't have been in a stable yet. What would be in the stable right now? Probably just animals, right? A stable is a house for animals, and in that manger would just be hay. There would be no baby Jesus in the manger yet. There may be a horse or a donkey eating out of that manger right now. And where were the where are the shepherds and all the sheep that come to worship Jesus? Well, right now, they're on the hill somewhere, right? On a hillside grazing their, their sheep, watching over them, making sure that they don't come to harm. They're living out their daily lives. And where are all the angels from the heavens above? They're still up in heaven, right? So I'll show you what I did with my pieces from my nativity scene. And I added a few pieces that I just printed out pictures of animals and made those little stands for them to set them places. And I put them outside of the manger nativity scene so that I'm preparing myself for the coming of Christ. I'm putting them where they were at this time 
so many years ago. And every day or every week, I plan on moving them closer to the manger. And that's what I say you should try. And I'll show you right now where all of my characters are. Come see. Where are my shepherds? Why look, they're on the countryside watching over their sheep on a peaceful blue sky day. And where's Mary and Joseph? Well, they're just hanging out somewhere with a camel, enjoying the day, getting ready for the birth of Jesus. And you can tell I use this from the nativity scene and I just put a heart where baby Jesus is because right now he hasn't arrived. And where are my angels? Why look, they're singing joyful songs still up in heaven. And lastly, what's going on in my manger? Why look, there's the hay in the manger and there's a horse and a donkey and a sheep and a goat just doing their thing in the stable. So I ask you, how are you preparing yourself for the coming of Christ? Are you helping others? Are you asking for forgiveness? Are you showing kindness? I challenge you to do all those things as you move the characters in your nativity scene closer to the stable. Where on Christmas morning, that joyous morning, your hearts will be ready for the arrival of Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for all of your blessings, for sending John the Baptist to prepare our hearts for the coming of the baby Jesus. Help us to see you all around us this Christmas season and to share your love and joy with those around us. It is in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen. The Holy Gospel that's appointed for the second Sunday of Advent is a reading from St. Mark, the first chapter. The Holy Gospel according to Mark. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, see I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, 
proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. John proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace be unto you and peace from God the Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Each year during the Advent season, and particularly early in the Advent season, we have a chance to reacquaint ourselves with this strange character who comes to us in the wilderness of Judea. You've known him since you were small as John the Baptizer. John is a prophet. Now, prophets, remember, are not people that tell the future. They're not seers. Rather, instead, God places prophets in wilderness places, wild places, so that uh, they might do one of two things. Number one, that they might point a way through the wilderness. And number two, they might call the people to repentance. It's important this year, perhaps more than in many other years of, uh, of, of my being, that we hear a voice of a prophet. For indeed, we are in an epidemic, a, a wilderness, for which all of us long for a way through. And number two, remember that the word repentance means to have a new mind, have a different mind, to see things through a different lens, if you will. And particularly this year, we need to see things through a new lens, having a different mind. I have a friend who is a prophet. Oh, he'd be, he'd be embarrassed, I suppose, and even amused if uh, he knew that I called him that. He doesn't, to my knowledge, ever wear camel's hair. Uh, he does not eat a strange diet of locusts and wild honey. But if a prophet is one who helps point the way through a dilemma, out of the wilderness, if a prophet is somebody who calls us to a new way of thinking, then Michael Osterholm is a prophet. Michael Osterholm, I'm quite certain, is far more comfortable wearing a pair of waders and a, probably a fishing hat. He is comfortable in the wilderness because we have spent some time there together. But he is particularly known, not as a prophet, but as one of the leading epidemiologists in the whole world. 
He lives not too far from here in Minnesota, and yet we see him quite often on CBS and CNN, and wherever people need to hear the voice of an expert, Michael's willing to go. In, in, the, in these times, we desperately need somebody to help us out of the wilderness, to, to point away as it is such, to give us the good news that there is a path through. And that's precisely what Michael has been called to do. There is a way through the wilderness that Michael and other experts have articulated for the past many months since March when all of this began. The way in one sense is quite simple. We are to wear masks, we are to wash our hands frequently, and we are to maintain a physical distance from each other. A while back, I learned from Michael that there's a huge difference between social distancing and physical distancing. Michael Ulsterholm would be the last person to ever think that we should retain a, a social distance from each other. Because in these particular times, we do desperately need each other. We are all in it together. In the years that I have known Michael Osterholm, I've never known whether he is a Republican or a Democrat. It never seemed to matter in our conversations. I suppose what did matter is what we had in common, and that is that we both grew up in Lutheran congregations. He in Iowa and myself in Pennsylvania. And while we were growing up, I'm quite certain, though, once again, we've never really talked about this while we were fishing. I'm quite certain that if we ask each other what our favorite Bible stories were, I'm quite certain that the story of the Good Samaritan would have been the first story that we would have mentioned. It's important today, I believe, to remember that story. You'll recall the occasion for the telling of the story was when a young man asked Jesus, well, what do I do, Master, to inherit eternal life? Uh, how, do I, how do I get to heaven, I suppose, would be a paraphrase of it, huh? And then Jesus said, well, you have to do what you remember from the time you were little. And that's the first great commandment. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And, and, most importantly, your neighbor as yourself. And as to trick Jesus, this young man said, well then, who is my neighbor? If there is one question that is pertinent today, it is the question, who is our neighbor? And to the answer that question, Jesus told a story that most of you know as the Good Samaritan. It, it talks about a man who was going down the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, although it could be anywhere, on any road, on any highway, on any byway. And he fell among misfortune and found himself in the ditch, beat up and bruised 
unable to care for himself. And along came some people who we probably think dependably could have come to the man's aid, but they didn't. As you know the story, and I know the story, and Michael knows the story, these people walked by on the other side, and it was not until the most unlikely of people stopped, bound up the man's wounds, and took him to a place of care. I suppose in these times, if you were a Democrat, a Republican came along, and if you were a Republican, a Democrat came along, the most unlikely people that you could imagine to come to your aid. But that's a definition of who our neighbor is. That, that calls for repentance, a metanoia, a, a new way of thinking, putting on different lens, if you will, and seeing things in a different way and redefining who our neighbor is. So that when it comes to mask wearing and it comes to physical distancing and it comes to getting in line for who shall be the first to receive the vaccines, our first inclination is everybody that we love and live with. But what Michael Osterholm would call us to understand is that perhaps wearing these new lens Seeing things a new way, perhaps we ought to allow others to cut in line ahead of us and be first. One of my favorite cartoons is by Charles Schultz. It pictures Linus and Charlie Brown in a conversation and Linus is saying to Charlie Brown, when I grow up, I wanna be a prophet. Prophets speak profound truths to people, but nobody listens to them. And, and, and Charlie Brown said to Linus, well, if nobody listens to you, why would you ever want to be a prophet? And Linus says, prophets are stubborn people. Prophets are stubborn people. We need to remind ourselves in this time, and particularly on this, the second Sunday of Advent, when we focus our attention on prophecy, that while prophets are stubborn folk, they speak for an even more stubborn God. A God who says to us over and over again, lest we forget, nothing shall ever separate me from you height, nor death, nor principalities, nor powers, nor anything, not even a virus. Amen. Our song of the day is All Earth is Hopeful, number 266 in the ELW, and we will sing the first three verses.
is hopeful, the Savior comes at last. Furrows are open for God's creative task. This the labor of people who struggle to see how God's truth and justice set everybody for God to come quickly to this weary world. We pray for the church, the world, and everyone in need. After each petition, we sing together, Wait for the Lord. Faithful God, you teach us to wait for you with faithfulness and patience. Sustain and support us in our doubts and questions. Nurture our faith as we discern and enact your mission. Loving God, you set the stars in the sky and breathe life into the earth. Renew the face of creation where it is in need of your healing touch. Mend the wounds of environmental damage and restore balance to ecosystems so that all creation can declare your praise. We pray to the Lord.
for those in our families and congregation who are not joyful in this holiday season. Support health care workers as they tend to those who are sick. Help us to persevere through this pandemic. Comfort those who grieve. Be a companion to all who are lonely. Care for those who are sick or struggling with depression. And gather all people in your healing embrace. We lift up in prayer, especially this day, Gary Kronk and Jerome Tina. Draw near to us, O God, and receive our prayers for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We pray to the Lord. you to share a sign of peace with those you are gathered with as we send our peace to you and as we greet one another here. Peace be with you. Peace. I want to take a moment to say thank you for your continued generosity and for all of the ways that you support the work of helping those who are in need here in our community and in the ongoing ministry of our Savior's Lutheran Church. Your support is vital as we continue to follow in the ways and the work of Jesus. We welcome your offering here to OSL and to our shared ministry. You are invited to send your offering to our church office, or you can use our online giving option on our website at oslme.com. If you have not already done so, I invite you at this time to go and gather some bread and some wine or juice for our celebration of Holy Communion as we sing together our offertory in the bleak midwinter, number 294, and we sing verse 3. Let us pray. Generous God, you have created all that is, and you provide for us in every season. Bless all that we offer, that through these gifts, the world will receive your blessing. In the name of Jesus, Emmanuel, we pray. Amen. 
In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Gathered into one near and far, let us pray as Jesus has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. The gifts in this meal are given for you to remind you of your belovedness and to remind us of our connection together as the body of Christ in and for the world. Receive these gifts, receive these blessings, be filled up with the promise of belovedness. This is the body of Christ given for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. As you receive these gifts this morning, uh, we welcome the members of our worship band who are here with us this morning to share some special music they'll be singing Give my heart. Traveling through 
Thank you, Ted, Dale, Barb, Michaela, for that beautiful offering this morning. The body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and abundant God, you have done great things for us, and we rejoice. In this bread and cup, you give us life forever. In your boundless mercy, strengthen us and open our hearts to the world's needs. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. As you enter into the rest of this Sabbath day that the Lord has created for you, receive this blessing. The creator of the stars, bless your Advent waiting. The long-expected Savior fill you with love. The unexpected Spirit guide your journey, now and forever. Amen. I want to share a couple of updates with you, the ministers of OSL. The first is an invitation or a reminder that Matins continues. If you are looking for an opportunity to gather in prayer um, during the middle of the week, I invite you to join us for Matins. We meet at 845 for a little bit of fellowship time, and then Matins starts um, at 9 o'clock. We're usually done about 9.15 or 9.20. If you are interested in joining us, we are meeting by Zoom. Send me an email, and I will make sure to send you the link. I have an invitation for the youth of OSL. You are invited to stuff the mailboxes of members of our community. As the winter drives us back inside, we know that it can be lonely to be in our houses, and we thought it might be fun to cheer everyone up by sending some artwork or some um, cards or handwritten notes to folks um, that are stuck at home, especially those of our members who are a little older and who may be homebound. If you want to participate, we encourage you to create those works of art or those cards, bring them to church, drop them off. We'll put the postage on and make sure they get into the right mailboxes. Look for more information in the December issue of The Scope um, and in an email from Denise. I remind you that if you have any prayer concerns or requests, or if you wish to speak with one of our parish pastors or our parish nurses, please reach out to us. We are here for you during this time. You can find all of our contact information on our website at oslme.com. And now before we sing our sending hymn, I want to extend a special word of thanks to Pastor Don for sharing God's word with us this morning and a special word of thanks to the OSL band for being here with us this morning, band. Thank you so much. 
It is absolutely wonderful to hear your voices and your music this morning, so thank you for that. I think that's all that I have for you this morning, so we will sing now together our sending hymn, How Many Kings. child in a manger, lowly and small, the weakest of all, unlikely is hero, wrapped in his mother's shawl, just a child, is this who we
Go now in peace. Prepare the way of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I go. 